bet you I'm gonna be a big star Might win an Oscar, you can never tell The movie's gonna make me a big star Hello everybody, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here, hanging out with all sorts of uh, craziness and chaos. And, and actually today, you know what? Greg Tillman. It is actually just Greg Tillman today. Uh, wow. No special Ooh. guest. Uh, I, I didn't do my research, and so it's just Greg Tillman. Sorry. It's okay, but no, I'm it's, not crazy no, about my name no, being out No, it's not Jimmy Hoffa. No, it's Dolomite. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's here a week early. It's Dolomite. He's back. And I we need uh, to work on my profanity if I want to do exactly that. That's exactly right. Yeah, we're going to make sure That'll that... That'll be uh, my weekend project. Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. So if you hear a lot of bleeps, you know yeah. uh, Dolomite is in action. Maybe That's in correct. the show. Who knows? Who knows? Greg Tillman. Uh, he is the guru and the, the king of, uh, of all that is wow. scene 19 at Holy TV. Cow. Thomas Manning over here uh, beside me. Do I get the me? credit or the blame for that? Uh, you, we'll let our viewers make that uh, decision. We'll let our viewers make that decision. Thomas Manning over here uh, sporting his uh, Quentin Tarantino shirt uh, once time, upon a time in Hollywood. So uh, good to see that, man. Yeah. On the back, I think it says the new Beverly. So new it Beverly, 35 millimeters. 35 millimeters. Yeah. So, so welcome. Good, good to see you. Souvenir. Uh, Glad you're here. Yes, souvenir yeah, from Hollywood. Yeah. So you go to Hollywood and he gets, well, all he brings it's is a, a lousy t-shirt. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a pretty decent t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he's I'm, taking me in January, so we're good. That's I'm true. Good. Yeah, and I did bring some gag gifts. I did bring a roll of toilet paper from the Four Seasons just to see if it was any different. You than, stole a roll of toilet paper from <laughs> I didn't steal it. It was there. It was complimentary. It was yeah. complimentary. Well, my, seasons. you know, my phone is over there. Does that mean you, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Well, you have to live with it. Well, welcome to the show. We do talk movies, and we've got a lot to talk about today, uh, including um, a movie called The Irishman. But before we uh, get to that review, uh, we're going to do some uh, some viewer mail. This is not non-viewer mail. This is actually viewer mail. No kidding. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this came, uh, we posted these on YouTube, and these were actually um, YouTube. Uh, and, of course, most of the viewer mail we get is because we mess something up you know, or get something wrong. And yeah. so both of these uh, were, were calling us out, and, uh, and I appreciate it. Um, the first one comes from SoCali. SoCali is his name, so if you want to find SoCali on YouTube, you can. Uh, we talked about The Departed. You did a take five last yeah. week, and we said The Departed, and I called it uh, a remake of a Hong Kong film called Internal Affairs. But he reminded me it was called Infernal Affairs, and he is absolutely right. That was a slip of a tongue. So uh, thank you to So Cali on that. I, uh, I appreciate that. And also, uh, Simon Says TV on YouTube um, talked about, we were talking about uh, Pacino and De Niro and about films that, uh, you know, how many films have they been in together, and we were kind of talking about that right. and thinking through that. Right. And he reminded me that one from back from 2008 called Righteous Kill had both of them in it, for the whole film. It was a, kind of a crime drama. And the reason I forgot about it, because it was not a great film. So say, um, I'm not even familiar with Yeah, the Righteous Kill. Uh, and if we get to it, I will give a, a review from the vault on mm. that. So it, it wanted me, I want to go back and visit just to see if I remembered it as poorly as I did the first time. <laughs> so I've already told you that it wasn't a great film. So I've given away the spoiler there. So I don't know, you could have changed. You maybe. Know, yeah, and maybe like by the time. Like you say, when you see a film, Part of the baggage that you're taking in right. with you, the, right. the mood that you're in, yeah. your expectations. Yeah, and maybe by the time we get to it in about 10, 15 minutes, maybe my view would change more. I'm guessing it hasn't. <laughs> 
Well, The Irishman does star uh, Pacino. It stars De Niro. It's a Scorsese film. Uh, stars Joe Pesci, uh, Ray Romano. I mean, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, this is a true mob film uh, in every form and fashion. Uh, you've got three lead characters, uh, and they're all a bit different. Uh, one is kind of this quiet leader, Joe, Joe Pesci, is kind of behind the scenes, but he's the mob boss. Uh, you've got De Niro, and De Niro's character, he's the hired gunman or hired for whatever the needs are. He paints houses. He paints houses. Yeah, yeah. He truly does paint yeah. houses, and there's, uh, there's a theme song that, that's attached to that. And uh, Pacino stars as Jimmy Hoffa. And it's the story of these three men and their connections to each other through multiple decades. I can't tell if it's 30, 40, or 50 years, uh, but, but multiple decades. And so when you see them on film, you're going to see um, makeup and wardrobe differences throughout the years and the decades, but also you're going to see some de-aging that's done with CGI. Uh, Thomas, give me some of your thoughts on this film, or if there's anything else you want to add about the story that you think people need to know about. Um, so it is adapted from uh, basically a mem well, a novel memoir uh, from the title character, The Irishman, and there's controversy over how much of this is true, how much of this is just kind of over-exaggerated fantasy, but that's just kind of that just kind of adds to the intrigue of it all. Um, like you think Scorsese has told every mob story in the book, but then now he actually has this really rich source material oh, to yeah. draw from. And the way he's able to continue to craft uh, and concoct new narratives, it's, it just blows my mind. And the fact that a lot of this is true is just all the more astounding. It is amazing. Uh, Scorsese, we talked last week, mm -hmm. no stranger to this kind of subject matter. No. You know, he's been there, he's done that, and you're like, how can he, how can he do anything else and, and make it good? And I got to tell you, in watching this film, if this were the last film for, for any of these, I would say that they'd go out, uh, go out on top because this is such a solid film on so many different levels. Three and a half hours long, it's yeah. a, it is a long film, uh, no intermission. We, we kind of mentioned that last week, but uh, you got a chance to do, do an early screening of this as well. Uh, it's a film that on every technical level, from cinematography to sound design to the use of score by Robbie Robertson, who uh, many will know from the band. Right. Um, you know, he was the music supervisor for this. Uh, it, it's it's so solid, and there was nothing I could find wrong about this technically. Everything was was almost to perfection. Yeah, yeah I mean, even if you look at the de-aging, the first scene, it goes straight from, like, De Niro in this old, basically present day, straight back to, like, the 40s. And at first, it is a bit jarring. It takes just a minute to get used to. But then after the first five minutes or so, you just are so engrossed in the narrative and the story and everything that's going on with this character that you really don't care at all. Um, it's just, and I do think it is a lot more impressive de-aging than what we have seen in other films in the oh, past yeah. few years. Well, even so, the last few months. Yeah, you think yeah. about Gemini Man. Yeah. I mean, this is much better than what we saw in Gemini Man. It's the de-aging with, with using computers, Greg, it's still not perfected. Mm -hmm. They still, you know, if you're watching a, you know, a non-human character, if it's some kind of monster or something, it doesn't. Some, kind of like Tim. Yeah, if it, yeah, actually, yeah, if it's like Tim or Derek uh, back there on the Tim Cam, uh, you know, or Elvis Holmesley, it's okay. You know, it's okay because it's not human. But if it's human, there are certain yeah. expectations we have for it. And they still have not quite perfected the mouth and the eyelids. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Uh, that's where they still uh, kind of limit and um, still need some still need some work. But I did think right here it was one of the most consistent um, like the aging effects that I've ever seen. And uh, and like I said, you just don't even think about it after a while uh, because the story is so rich and so layered, so nuanced. Um, it's it's almost impossible to just sum it all up and just like if I were to write a review about it, it would take I would have to write an entire essay Absolutely. just because there are so many things that are going on. Uh, you know, some political and social commentary, uh, like religious metaphor. Well, and the struggles of these characters with their faith and with their oh, yeah. religion, struggles with their fa familial lives and relationships with people around them. Uh, it's just so much to absorb and take in that you're just entranced the entire time. It's Go ahead. Martin Scorsese's made so many incredibly good films over the past almost 40 years. Yeah. Would you consider this his best? I would say top three. I, I would. Really? I would say it's it's one of his best. Yeah, yeah. It, it's if he if he had never made a film before this. Yeah. This would have been Hands the down. masterpiece. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I mentioned it last week or maybe I did, but this is the masterpiece of a film that any film filmmaker would want to have. Yeah. In their, uh, you know, in their portfolio, sure. it, it is that good. The story is so solid, and it is a film that I, I think to really appreciate it completely, you want to watch it more than once, yeah. mm -hmm. because there's so much going on. You talk about the layers; there are so many different layers. Yeah. And Joe Pesci's character just blew me away. Um, you know, he was this character that just had. Uh, he really, you know, he was he was not a good guy. Yeah. But he wanted to connect with everybody, yeah. and he wanted to be loved. Yeah. And uh, he really sold it, and, and Joe Pesci just really, really blew me away on this. I, I love this movie. Uh, it, I, I think there were maybe a handful of scenes that could have been cut down just yeah. a little bit, but not a ton. And, and the CGI, with it not being completely perf mm -hmm. perfect, you know, I'm going to give him a pass on yeah. that. But uh, and it was also Scorsese's first attempt at doing anything with CGI. Yeah. So. Other thoughts? Um, so Thelma Schoonmaker, who's the editor, she's been with Scorsese since the very beginning, since uh, 1967, Who's That Knocking at my, at my Door, which was also Harvey Keitel's debut. And uh, so it's coming full circle 52 years later, and he'll, here they are. And she probably is the best editor of all time that we've ever seen. The way that uh, she's able to navigate the pacing is unlike anything you've seen before. And, I mean, there are some times you feel the length of it. It is a three and a half hour long movie, but I think it's probably the most coherent three and a half hour movie I've ever seen. Absolutely. And um, it's like you're not bored. You're just kind of, you're supposed to meditate on what's right. happening and uh, supposed to think about it. And I really think Scorsese was kind of examining his life and his career I think so through these characters, through uh, each character, Pesci, Pacino, and De Niro yeah, in I, different ways. I agree. And I don't think that there were wasted scenes. I just felt that there were a few scenes that could have yeah. been cut down yeah. a little bit. But uh, an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I got a chance to see it, and I will watch it again. Uh, November 27th is when it's released on Netflix at home. Everybody can check it yeah. out. Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, yeah. and, and it mm -hmm. is available in uh, select theaters as well. What's your rating for this? A+. Plus. Okay. Uh, I don't get those out very often, but uh, this one, I just, even little nitpicks can't bring it down for me. It was just really a masterpiece. So. Yeah, mine's right there on the edge between an A and an A+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'll let Greg make the decision on which of those two uh, it, would, it would go. So. Well, the sense of responsibility I have. <laughs> so I, I think Thomas kind of answered the question I had is, did it feel long? Three and a half hours is a long time for a film. Yeah, and it didn't. I, I, I did, well, 
you know, I was I've, sitting. I've, I've, I've sat through two-hour movies that felt longer than this. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I sat through Righteous Kill, which the first 20 minutes felt longer than the three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to change your review, are you? <laughs> no, no. But it is one of the best films of 2019. And uh, decades from now, when we talk about gangster films, this will be one that's at the top of the list that people will talk about, yep. or they should. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, let's let's go to a review from the vault. Uh, we'll talk about Righteous Kill really quickly. Did you like that one, Noel? <laughs> <laughs> the movie does go back to 2008, and this is uh, De Niro and Pacino uh, together. Uh, it, it really, honestly, it's a paint-by-numbers mystery crime thriller. Uh, Pacino and De Niro are in this film, and they are good in it. But the story is just so bad. Um, you know, it, the best thing about the movie is seeing these two together. That was really it. Even revisiting it, uh, really poorly executed script, uh, sub subpar acting from the supporting cast, uh, and the pacing was absolutely horrible. And I'm not kidding. Twenty minutes in, I really was like, "Golly, you know how?" I'm sure I've been watching about an hour, and it was twenty minutes. I said, "Wow, this is." I've got to endure another, you know, hour and a half of this. Um, C minus, and the only reason it didn't get a D was because it was just great to see uh, Pacino and De Niro, but I do not recommend uh, Righteous Kill. I, I will recommend another um, De Niro and Pacino film, and we're going to come back to that right after the break, and the movie's called Heat uh, that was uh, done just quite a few years earlier, and so uh, maybe they were trying to reconnect with that, that Heat thing, but it just didn't work for Righteous Kill. Any other thoughts or comments before we go to a break? Can't wait to see it. All right. That's all I all got. Right. Uh, which Tim? One? Which one? Which one? A Righteous Kill. Righteous no. Kill. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I uh, think Tim. I'll try the Irishman first. Uh, Tim, uh, play us some kind of Irish jig music uh, going to the intermission. Better yet, uh, just dance so we, in Irish. Yeah, too. just so we can Derek see can Derek dance. There we go. It's oh. river dancing back there on the Tim Cat. We'll be right back after this break. Does your home have natural gas from the city of Shelby? I'm not sure, Chris. You do realize I'm just a kid, right? Right. You're what, like six years old now? Six and a half, Chris. Okay. Well, did you know that the city of Shelby's been providing natural gas to homes in Cleveland County since? 1955. Yeah, I knew that. Did you also know that natural gas is... Safe. Yeah. Did you know natural gas is... Affordable. Yeah, I knew that too. Wow. You sure know an awful lot about natural gas to be a kid. Hey, I may be a kid, but I'm pretty smart to be. Six years old? Six and a half, Chris. For more information on the benefits of natural gas, visit cityofshelby.com and discover all the ways natural gas is working for you today. Safe, affordable natural gas from the city of Shelby, making the way we live even better. You have got to stop doing that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shara Miller, the host of Artworks. Each month we bring to you wonderful, talented artists from here in in Cleveland County and, and the region, we have artists, we have potters, we have painters, we have musicians, we have actors. We just have 
wonderful artists that come to you and tell you about all that they're doing, their creativity, what inspires them. Join me here on Artworks each month on C19. You can also watch us online at c19.tv. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with uh, Greg Tillman and Thomas Manning and Tim and Derek and uh, anybody else who, uh, who may be joining us. I think that's uh, it. And to our studio audience, thank you. And, and if you do want to send us uh, viewer mail, you can, you can do that, info at c19.tv. Uh, or you can comment uh, wherever these uh, shows are posted. There's our studio audience. They are here. We're good. I, I didn't see you guys over there. I'm glad that you Some were, things never change. Glad right? that you were uh, engaging. And, uh, you in sure that's not an audience at home? <laughs> like, it may be. checking a webcam somewhere? <laughs> it may be. <laughs> see if they've got that remote control in their hand. Well, well, Thomas, uh, before the break, we teased the movie Heat, uh, which uh, Michael Mann directed. Uh, got to work with Michael Mann back on Last of the Mohicans. Uh, he's, he brought De Niro and Pacino together in this, this crime, um, crime thriller action film, kind of all rolled into one. Val Kilmer's in this. Wes Studi from Mohicans is in this, along with Pacino, De Niro. Uh, Michael Madsen, I think, has a, a small role in this. So it's a, you know, it's a film that's got a lot of names. There are a lot of people showing up in this. And uh, it's filled with action almost from the beginning. Uh, you and I got a chance to, your first time watching yeah, it, my yeah. time kind of revisiting it. So give me some of your thoughts on this film. And if you want to share anything about the story, go for it. Oh, yeah. So this is just one of those films where in certain scenes, your jaw will literally drop to the floor. Um, there's the highway. Well, so it starts with a bank robbery. And it's like 10 minute scene from the bank robbery to this highway shootout. And it's one of the most well-directed action sequences I have ever seen. Um, the way Michael Mann is able to command sound design yeah. is just out of this world, really. Yeah, um, and, and he, got, you know, he got an Oscar for, for, uh, for sound from Mohicans. And yeah, so he yeah. really started kind of perfecting yeah. that around that time period. So you're talking about the early 90s, he started realizing there's some things we can do with sound to make yeah. it even, even better. Yeah, so um, that, that scene stood out. Uh, there's also a point in the middle of the movie where you know, Pacino is he's the basically police uh, lead detective. De Niro is the crime. Uh, he's a crime boss. Yeah, basically. crime boss yeah. that uh, they're after, and uh, they meet up in this diner or this restaurant in the middle of the movie and just talk back and forth for like ten minutes. And that's another one of those scenes that's perfectly written, perfectly acted, perfectly directed, and um, it's just two people talking and completely different from this explosive highway shootout. Right. But both of them are just as impactful and. That's the stamp of a good movie when um, a director is able to guide two completely different scenes like that but make them just as incredible. Yeah, and, and two different types. I mean, because when you're talking about dramatic dialogue, yeah. you know, you've got to have the talent that can pull that off, but you've also got to have the dialogue yeah. Right. Yeah. to make it engaging. Right. Right. And, and this did. And, and it's one of the most memorable you know, shootouts yeah. on film that I've ever seen. Yeah. And going back and seeing it again just reminded me of, of how good Michael Mann is when he, when he pulls his pieces together. He's not easy to work with. Yeah, I remember hearing stories. Not easy him. to work with, but man, what he ends up putting on screen you know, makes it, I guess, all worthwhile for anybody who can survive yeah. working with him. Uh, it, is a, it is an amazing film, yeah. uh, sound design, the visuals. And that bank robbery actually inspired 
one of the Batman films. Uh, yeah, the opening of The Dark Knight when Joker's crew were um, committing the first bank robbery and Nolan has gone on the record and said that he directly, um, his, his opening scene of that was directly inspired and influenced by the Heat bank robbery. And you can definitely watch them side by side and see a lot of similarities. Um, and you can also, another thing that stood out was the musical score. Yes. It was a lot of ambiance, um, a lot, you can see that Zimmer, Hans Zimmer has, uh, was influenced by that heavily I think so. as well. Yeah, uh, just the building of suspense, um, and it's not like a melodic tune really, right. but it's just there to create this feeling of tension. Yeah, it, it was, the, the, the score was very atmospheric. Yeah. And it really did, as we were watching, I'm like, man, this sounds like something Zimmer has done in yeah. kind of his, his later years. Well, right. The Dark Knight had a soundtrack very similar to that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so watching, especially watching that bank scene and hearing the way score was used, I'm like, Am yeah. I watching The Dark Knight? Yeah, yeah. And you realize just how much it, it probably did influence not just Zimmer, or not just uh, Nolan, but Zimmer, Zimmer as well. Zimmer as well, yeah. Uh, the cinematography was really gritty yeah. as well, and I really loved that. And just so glad they got a chance to revisit this movie. Yeah, the way Michael Mann is able to portray like the city of Los Angeles and the cityscape is really amazing. Uh, this and then Collateral with uh, Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, those two films from him can like if you speak to people who actually live in Los Angeles and are familiar with the area, they're like, this is probably one of the most realistic portraits of the city that I've ever seen on film. Yeah, and, there's, and, and the storyline is really intricate too because you've got families, family stories that are happening, including uh, a daughter, uh, Pacino's daughter, who is a young Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. She's like mm. 13 years old. Yeah, 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 very young Natalie Portman, and I've forgotten she was in this, but just such a solid, solid film. Uh, one that is as relevant today and yeah. holds up today. Yeah. I mean, it could have been made today. That's how yeah. good this was. And it was 95. And so, uh, you know, my, my uh, re-review of this, as far as a grade, still an A+, plus, uh, all these years later. Yeah. yeah, it's an A plus for me as well. And I added it to my list of Desert Island films that it's like, if I only had like five movies to choose from to watch the rest of my life, this is one of That's them. That's awesome. It, it, we yeah. should do one so, of those sometimes. We all yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we'll, we'll we did that. years ago in an older version of this show. We should do that again. Uh, we're talking about uh, the art of cinematic sound, the impact of sound. And there's a new documentary called Making Waves, uh, the art of cinematic sound. Uh, and this is a, a first-time director. Uh, she has been involved in sound design and sound editing going all the way back to the early 90s. She, she did uh, sound for Armageddon. Um, oh gosh, what are, the, what are the list of films? Um, do you have any of those, Thomas? Um, um, uh, I'm the sorry. Rock. Yeah. The Rock was one of those yeah. films that, that she did as well. She did a lot of those uh, Jerry Bruckheimer type films. Right. And you know, when you think about those films, the visuals stand out, but also the sound. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is her first attempt at doing a documentary. And she's been a professor uh, of film at the University of Southern California for a number of years now. Uh, and, you know, here she is taking the history of sound on film and putting it in, in, in the form of a documentary. Yeah. Um, so I was really impressed with uh, the way they displayed how sound is half of the experience. Like, I think it was like there's a quote from Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola who were like, without sound there is no movie it's 50 percent of you, you can't get the impact of what's happening in the movie without the sound right the sound and is just yeah, as important as the yeah, visuals yeah and um it's like 
This sound is basically the first sense that humans are able to, um, it's the first phenomenon they ever have when they're in their mother's womb. Yes. Uh, they hear like the heartbeat and um, that's just how deeply ingrained it is in our, in our psychology and our physicality and uh, that's why certain things in films stick out to us more than others as oh, absolutely. And, and, sound design goes. Yeah, and today, I mean, our expectations for film is we've got to be immersed with the sound as well. It's not just what we're seeing on screen. Yeah. Yeah. The sound is just as important. So if you go to a theater that's got the old school one speaker behind the screen, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be incredibly disappointed. And part of that is, you know, our home systems now are better than some theatrical right. experiences used to be. And the, the documentary is really amazing. It did get a, a nomination for the Critics' Choice Documentary Awards for Best First Time uh, Director. Uh, she's, the, the way this unfolded, I think yeah. anybody that is a fan of cinema uh, or any student of film needs to watch it because yeah. she traced the entire history oh, yeah. of it yeah. and did it in a way that was really captivating. Yeah, and I uh, really enjoyed the way they displayed the intricacies of the sound designing department. It's not just like a singular sound designer. You've got like the dialogue editors, you have the ADR mixers, the Foley editors, uh, then of course the score and the composer, and they're all working together and they have to be working in like perfect symphony for it to all come together and get the final product that to, to have its most impact. Yeah, she had, I think she said over 200 hours of, of interview footage for this, uh, she you know she interviewed uh, sound designers for Star Wars, but they were talking about where they came up with the effects and how that happened. Right. Where can you see this? It's available pretty much anywhere. It is. It is does have some theatrical uh, theatrical run now. You can watch it video on demand okay. as well. Um, and uh, it's been making the festival circuit. But it's uh, it's it. I think anybody that loves film needs to watch this. What yeah. movie, as many as you've seen over the years, where the sound had the biggest impression on you? I wow. can think of something. Well, go ahead, well, go ahead and tell me what you Earthquake. Saying. Okay. <laughs> 1974. Yeah. Okay. With Sense Around. Sense Around. When it first hit, it's like, wow, that's, that's something I haven't felt before. Yeah, Sense Around was kind of the predecessor to, to the Dolby Surround yeah. sound. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing because you're watching this earthquake. I remember yeah. that. And you're feeling it as well. Uh, yeah, those are just subwoofer, low decibel stuff that rattled the yes. room and your seats and everything. It was, yeah. it was, yeah. it worked. No, I think, I it think was interesting. Yeah, there are a lot of action films that just that make you feel it. I, I think you know, you look at any of the Christopher Nolan films from the past few years, going back to the Dark Knight films. You watch those in in the theaters, you feel it yeah. and experience it. Dunkirk. D Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, as much as the way that sound design annoyed some people, you felt. Yeah. You were there, yeah. Um, and and even Hunter Killer, which is a, a recent film I saw in theaters a, a year or so ago, did not do anything at the box office. But it's a submarine film, yeah. and I mean, you felt you were within the submarine and, and claustrophobic. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. I was uh, thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah. And yeah. Apocalypse Now as well, which I have yeah. not seen Apocalypse Now in its entirety, but. From some of the research and some of the yeah. clips I've looked at, I know that revolutionized everything with sound design. And of course, Saving Private Ryan drew directly from that to create, I think that was like 20, 19 years after uh, Apocalypse Now. And so what Spielberg was able to do with that and the sound design was absolutely astounding. Yeah, and sound design just keeps getting better and the sound effects keeps getting better. One of the things that she does talk about in this, I'll just quickly say this, is 
uh, studios used to have a bank of sound effects yeah. where uh, every studio would just go to the, the screen. The library. You know, yeah. the library. Yeah. And that's all they would pull from. And it wasn't until later that somebody said, now we've got to do better. We've got to do better. And then once that happened, it opened up a whole other branch of artists for film that focus on creating mm -hmm. sound. But a solid A rating for me on this. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you, solid A. Okay. Uh, and and I highly recommend checking that out. Well, let's uh, dive to the quote of the week, and uh, we will wrap this show up. Uh, this was also sent to us from uh, the same guy, one of the same guys that uh, commented on us earlier, Simon Says TV, said, why don't you use this quote of the week? So I'm going to. Uh, Lefty from Donnie Brasco said, wise guy is always right. Even when he's wrong, he's right. So until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II for Thomas Manning. For Greg Tillman and for Tim and Derek back there on the Tim Cam, we appreciate you. Derek's taking a bow. He's, I thought he was taking a nap. <laughs> so until uh, next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>